Good evening. Um, I thank Lorraine for asking me to be of service um, in my own recovery. And uh, my phone number is 818-679-4336. My name is Gail. I'm from California. And uh, I do... I do all different types of service, but this is one type of service that uh, I do. It's all similar and the same. <laughs> you know, whether we lead meetings, read something, show up at a meeting, um, I will share my experience, strength, and hope. Uh, this is my recovery, how I have worked the program. <laughs> Um, I'm hearing noise. Can somebody mute? Uh, I uh, So it's my experience, strength, and hope. And everybody has their own way of uh, working their program. And I know for sure that what it says in the big book of AA in the first 164 pages is something that I refer to because <clears throat> it has helped me recover. Uh, so my experience, I am a grateful compulsive overeater. Um, to qualify, my top weight was about 360 pounds. Uh, I first uh, came into OA in March of 1983. I got abstinent right away, and I had seven years of abstinence. I had gotten married, and I had a baby, and I was abstinent, and we separated uh, a few months after we got married, and so I went through my pregnancy alone, and uh, I stayed abstinent. I am in the beverage program. I went to another 12, I went to three programs, <laughs> and uh, thank goodness you know, I probably qualify for all of them. I had seen uh, Bill W., the movie, and I think there's 60 or 70 uh, different 12-step programs, and I probably qualify for most. Anyways, um, I came in in 1983. I got abstinent at that time. Well, in my experience, this is a progressive disease. Uh, I got abstinent in 1983, and I had seven years, and... I didn't eat my binge foods for about 10 years or eight years after that, and I gained a lot of weight. And I ended up at about 360, 350, I'm not sure. Uh, it was, you know, if I fell down, I couldn't get up myself. I'm very small boned. Uh, to give you some background, uh, when I was a little girl, I was born in Los Angeles, and uh, I didn't like food. That was like the last thing on my agenda. <laughs> I loved to play and I loved people and food was just not an issue. And somewhere around, well, I know I was six years old because my mom had my little sister and I had a brother that was two years younger than me. And my mom had gone somewhere and I can remember my first compulsive bite. Now, normal people don't remember compulsively eating. <laughs> they may overeat, but I can remember when I had this. I asked my dad. My mom was in home, 
And when I took that food, I just kind of did that sigh, like, oh. Um, it was, I wasn't very overweight all the way through high school. Um, I'm five foot eight. When I graduated, I weighed about 145. I was on every diet that you can think of, constantly dieting. My mother was an anorexic and um, she was very concerned about my weight. And at one point when I was probably about 20 or 21, my sister had gotten some old eight millimeter and I, I just want to tell you, when I got abstinent this time, I was uh, 59 years old, um, 70, I just turned 73. And uh, my sister showed me years ago these films and she said, well, she wanted to show them to me. She said, you know, I know mom had you on diets all the time. Now for, an, for a sibling to remember that I was on diets all the time is pretty, you know, it makes a statement. And she said, at your 12th birthday party, you were the thinnest of all your friends. And she said, but I just always remember mom having you on diets. Um, if you're from the 50s, my mom had put me on Metrical. It was a liquid and she would feed my brother and sister and my dad. And with me, she would give me a can of Metrical. And I would, I was pretty feisty. I would say, can't you just give me something or freeze it or make it something? I said, it's just liquid. And uh, I was on the cleanup for the kitchen. So, of course, I ate everything I could get my hands on because I was hungry. And I really wasn't very much, maybe eight or ten pounds overweight and probably going through puberty. Anyways, I had this intense feeling I was inadequate and that my weight was a major problem. And I lived with that. Uh, until I came into these rooms and finally discovering that I had a disease. Uh, yeah, I've been on every diet, um, except the only thing I haven't done in all these years is had my stomach stapled or a band. And I used to see those commercials and I would think, it's useless. You know, my what my problem is, is a spiritual malady. And that's what the 12 steps has given to me is that it's a spiritual malady. It's not a diet that I need. Um, so anyways, I don't want to get in front of myself, but anyways, uh, so I went on all these diets. Uh, I went to jail five times. I was arrested for grand theft auto. I was arrested for narcotics, drunk driving, and if I could have been arrested for food, you should have seen the back seat of my cars. They were just full of wrappers. Um, you know, I was not very much overweight until after probably around 19 or 20. And uh, I was very active and just didn't, you know, never went overweight, but my thinking was that I was obese. I would say in my 20s, I started to go up maybe to like 180 and then I would get in a relationship and of course I would lose weight, starve myself, starve and binge, starve and binge. And um, in 1980, maybe, um, no, in the seventies, I had a um, customer that uh, 
offered to pay for me to have a pro to go to the protein sparing fast diet. And it's where you don't eat any food. You just drink this liquid. And, you know, I was the queen of diets. I could lose, lose, lose. And, uh, so I went there, he paid for it. I was dropped the weight so fast. And, uh, then I discovered my anorexia, which I battled two years after this until the point where I took strychnine and tried to kill myself. I got down to 109. And like I said, I'm five foot eight and I was in a relationship and he asked me to leave because he said I made him sick to look at me. And uh, I thought if I could just lose nine more pounds, I was exercising compulsively, starving, binging, um, you know, just the insanity. So, uh, I got out of that relate. Well, he asked me to leave and I took strychnine and, uh, decided I didn't want to die. And I had gone to work and I worked with my mother and they rushed me to Cedar Sinai and the doctors, you know, I told them I did it purposefully. And I said, but I don't want to die now, you know? And they said, well, we don't really know if there's a remedy. Obviously there is, I'm still here. So, uh, I still didn't hear about OA. The time I heard about OA was in 1982, and probably January. I had gotten sober 19, December 16, 1982, and a girl had taken me under her wing and told me to go to meetings. And I had never heard of Overeaters Anonymous. And one night we met at a meeting and I was wearing white sweatpants. And she said, um, you know, at your weight, I probably weighed about 225 at that point. She said, at your weight, you shouldn't really be wearing white sweatpants. And, you know, I was just newly sober. It didn't affect me. I thought she's probably right. And, uh, but I felt good. And she said, there's a place you might try. It's called Overeaters Anonymous. Well, I looked it right up. I remember I went to a meeting in uh, Glendale, California. There were 200 people. There were people up on the stage, and they were talking about um, throwing food away and getting it out of the trash and vomiting and, and starving themselves because when I was severely anorexic, I wouldn't eat for six to eight weeks and then binge on, I don't even want to go into it, very high-calorie food. And when you're so emaciated, any food you put in your stomach at all makes you look poofy. And I would say, oh, my God, I'm gaining weight. I got it. I wasn't thinking correctly. I need to tell you, I also went to an enormous amount of therapists. I went to one in Century City, and um, I said, I have a crazy way of eating. I, did, I had no idea other people had the same thing. I would watch my friends, and they would seem to be able to stop. If I started certain foods, I could never stop. I could never stop. So um, going to that meeting, I heard you were my tribe. You had, I saw people thin and comfortable with themselves and talking about this so openly and honestly. Um, I found my people. I got a sponsor. I did what she said. We worked the steps. She didn't rush me to do an inventory. I did a very, very thorough inventory at the time. Um, I was 33, and I had been raised in the 60s, and some of the things I did were just despicable. You know, when they talk about incomprehensible demoralization, uh, yeah, that's me. And uh, I shared with her every crook, you know, 
she was like 70 years old, maybe late 60s. And I'm in my 30s. And I thought, I'm going to give her a heart attack reading my inventory to her. But I was very thorough. And she said, don't rush it. Do a thorough inventory. And I did. And uh, we worked together. And I have to say, I replaced food with a relationship. And um, I went to meetings. I did lots of service. But that was my fix. And I was not healthy enough. Um, to actually be in a relationship. And I did get in one. We had a huge wedding. And like I said, I stayed abstinent. During that time before, I went to meetings. I uh, prayed, meditated. I did a thorough inventory. I made amends. And uh, when we started to go through the divorce, I just... I started eating really crazy. I would eat my breakfast before midnight, and I started playing games with my food. And, um, you know, when I went to court, I was probably like an eight, size eight, and I felt fat again because I had been down to like a six, which is probably too thin for me. But, you know, my, my disease says you can never be thin enough. And I constantly, you know, one day at a time, am comfortable with myself today. And that's the gift of the program. So we went through a divorce, raised my son, stopped, you know, I stayed sober. And I stopped going to meetings, stopped calling my sponsor. I was resentful to my ex-husband. And, you know, I knew I had gone to many hundreds, probably thousands of meetings and heard we can't afford resentment. Well, I had enough resentment that I lost my abstinence, not my sobriety, and uh, slowly gained, gained, gained. I had a lot of friends in AA, and uh, I stayed sober, but didn't stay abstinent. And uh, this brings me to 2009. My brother was my Eskimo. He was asking me about my job, and I was... Uh, about 360 pounds, and I was working from my home. And one of my clients that I worked for asked me if I was interested in coming into his office part-time. And I did, and we worked like two blocks from my house. And then he told me about two weeks into it that they were moving out to the valley. And he said, so you'll come with me, which I did. And my brother had called me on... Uh, February 9th, 2009, and he said, how's work? And I said, oh, it's okay. He said, you're so funny. He said, one day your work's okay, one day it isn't. He said, I remember when you were in Overeaters Anonymous. He said, you were so happy. He said, why don't you go back to a meeting? And I said, well, I've been thinking about it. Now, I have to tell you, several times during the years, I would try to get abstinent, and I would get two or three days, but this isn't a self-run program. I need you more than you need me. And uh, so reminding five minutes left. Thank you very, very much. So um, I said, Yeah, I've been thinking of going to a meeting. Now I had 19 years, I hadn't been to an OA meeting. And he said, Go today. And I said, Well, you know, maybe towards the end of the week. No, he said, Go today. It was raining outside. I have to tell you, I hadn't taken a shower in a week. Um, I didn't wear makeup. 
and for some reason I got dressed and I went to a meeting. It was a Sunday uh, 10 a.m. meeting in the park and it was in the uh, rec room and there were like 30 people there and I walked in and the tears just started pouring out. And I said, oh my God, I'm back home. What happened? You know, how did this happen? I'm 360 pounds. And I just said, for today, you know, I'm going to come back. I went over by the literature table. I didn't really talk to anyone. And I got to the door. And this woman holds the door for me. She goes, oh, are you a newcomer? And I said, no, I'm in relapse. She reaches into her purse. She writes her phone number down. She said, call me. She said, what's your binge? And I told her. And she said, okay, just don't do it for 30 days. And I don't care if you eat all day long. Just don't have that food and call me. And I came home and I had a meal and I called her. She goes, Oh my God, you're calling me. And I said, yeah, I'm in hell. I said, I need help. And so we worked together for about four months. I did an inventory. I couldn't get on my knees because I was obese. And I would say the serenity prayer. That's what I started with. And uh, it's grown into 20 minutes of prayer and meditation. I worked with her for four months. I did an inventory on my ex-husband. He had passed away when my son was 15, but I kept eating over him. You know, he wasn't even on this earth and I had the resentment. So uh, I went to the cemetery, I made amends and doing that inventory was like taking a plunger and my heart was bleeding and it stopped bleeding. And uh, you know, that's my experience with Overeaters Anonymous. It's not about diet and calorie club. It's about changing the insides and the outsides follow. Um, so I pray and meditate. I go to meetings. I sponsor. Uh, I went back to school about seven years ago. I got my real estate license. Um, right now I'm studying. Uh, I want to become an attorney. I'm studying for the LSAT. These are gifts of the program. I, you know, Many good things have happened. I don't have all the recruitments that maybe some people think they need or what I should have, but you know what? I'm abstinent. Uh, I wear a size 8 or 10. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I am so grateful. Uh, not been easy. I lost my father. I lost my brother. Who? Somebody's unmuted. Um, uh, I lost, um, uh, my mother passed away about a year and a half ago and, um, my sisters and my sister wrote me out of the will and there's not a whole lot I can, I of the trust and I pursued it a little, but it doesn't look like, and she had a lot of money and you know what? I haven't had to eat over it. Um, I am grateful to have this um, whoever has there's someone making noise um, anyways uh, I'm grateful for this program it's shown me how to live uh, I've been working with someone new and I need to continue always to write like a 10th step and she's very honest with me and there's a lot of healing 
I'm a little bit sad right now. And, you know, I realize the changes from the inside. I see patterns that I never could see before. And uh, God, the changes are just beyond miraculous. I think there was so much money spent on me in therapy, and I never had the changes that I've gotten through this program. And it's not a therapy program, but it's changing. I have to change my thinking. Well, I can't, but higher power. And even if you don't believe in a higher power, I've seen much recovery in these rooms. Um, I just want to end with, I'm so grateful. I'm looking forward to hearing from your experience, strength, and hope. And I will finish with that. Thank you for letting me be of service and share my experience, strength, and hope. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gail. I really appreciate your service. Thank you for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. Before you go, would you like to suggest a topic for this evening? Sure. Um, Gratitude. You know, how you stay in gratitude. And anything else, but I like to hear about gratitude. Thank you. Okay, thank you. 